Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor because it allows me to record without having to spend thousands of dollars on equipment that I would probably have difficulty using anyways. So Anchor makes it all possible with a simple app. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Mavs, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also... Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs. On the Rat Sound Review Network. Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs, exclusively available on the Rat Style Review Network. And you can also find me on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and a shit ton of other places I can't even remember. Spotify, and your sister's ass. Anyways, but uh, if you have a sister, I don't know. If if you do, give me your number. Anyway, um, but uh, I'm happy to say that today I'm actually joined. This is the second time on my show where I'm joined by a special guest. And this gentleman is the founder of Rat Salad Review Network. He's the man who has provided me a platform. And he is one of my dearest friends that I have known for the better part of 15 years right now. An amazing musician in his own right. And uh, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And I love the dude to death. And I'm really happy for him to finally be on my show. Ladies and gentlemen, please, the one and only... And always awesome, Mr. Wayne Noon. What's up, sir? And your boss. Uh, where's my check? <laughs> yeah, where's mine? I ain't paying you. <laughs> oh, well, not from you, from people that listen to the show. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we need endorsements. <laughs> yes. Hey, buy a t-shirt. Ratsoutreview.com. Buy t-shirts, please. Browsers, support us, please. What? Yeah, Who right. said that? <laughs> Is it pronounced browsers? I don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. What's that Phoenix Marie poster I see behind you? Oh, who? Oh, that, oh that's Nico McBrain. Never that's mind. A, that's anyway. his Phoenix Rain. <laughs> it's a Phoenix Rain poster. Uh, what are you saying, Teresa's Phoenix Marie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teresa, I'm kidding. I love you. I'm just kidding. She don't watch your show. She don't watch mine either. I don't have a show to watch. People just All right, listen. To I'm it. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey man, you're running the network. You don't even know what's going on. Anyway, <laughs> like a like a true boss. <laughs> Anyways, Wayne, thanks for coming on the show tonight, man. No problem. I, I was I, I listened to your last show. And I heard, I saw on the title you were doing the uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And I'm like, I really wanted to talk about the Owen Hart uh, episode with somebody. Because on my show, nobody watches wrestling. So I can't talk about wrestling with anybody. You're the only one that watches wrestling. Well, some of the other networks do too. Uh, not networks, the other shows. There's, there's Beyond Bushido, yeah. And, uh, but I don't, like, I don't like talking to Eric Adam. Oh. <laughs> you can't get a word in. When you do a show with him, it's just all Eric. I, I already did a show with them. It was a blast. And, and you Eric, let me talk? Yeah, you let me talk. He was letting me talk about my experience having watched um, a lot of the guys that were in the match because uh, Taka Michinoku, Great Sasuke, uh, Mike Awesome, they were all in Extreme Championship Wrestling. So, uh, you know, I got to talk about my experience with them and how I felt about them and how I thought Vince Russo was a dick. And I don't care if he listens to this show. Okay, all right. That was so the other thing I was pissed off at you about. I, oh, be pissed off at me about it. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Russo brand subscriber. I'm a Cornette day. subscriber. Well, so am I too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, of, of course, Dark Side of the Ring was something that piqued my interest because, uh, you know, it's cool to hear about some of the dirty stories about it. But as I mentioned uh, in my last podcast, there's just a lot of things about modern pro wrestling and a lot of dirt that was dug up about past pro wrestling that has made me well question where my loyalties are and uh you know um i still have love for ecw the old ecw and the old wwe matches that i watched and even wcw even the jim hurt era (laughs) but i'll always love the jim crockett promotions era the most but uh before we discuss uh, Dark Side of the Ring, I believe there's a question that you wanted to ask me. Oh, the uh, Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> yes, Hannibal Holocaust. Hannibal as... Holocaust. How could you watch that movie? And first of all, I never heard about that movie until you talked about it on your show. Nice time. Which was only last week. Yeah, and uh, that was pretty disturbing. Okay, so you never watched the movie? No. All right. So... Okay, let's journey back into the mind of this maniac. Born to be a horror movie watcher since I came out the nutsack. There's my, uh, there's my uh, homage to New Jack. Anyway, so, all right. So, uh, look, I grew up a horror movie fan, okay? Like, my first film, I remember I was, it was on my 10th birthday. It was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. And, you know, uh, from there on, it was, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween, um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. I can keep going. But, um, you know, my favorite horror film of all time, and is actually, well, I, I know I've told people in the past The Crow was my favorite movie of all time, but mm. I keep going back to Dawn of the Dead because, like, I 
appreciate the fact that I think I own the last DVD re- release of it because I think the producer actually uh, stopped licensing it out oh, really? for it to be printed. That's why the Blu-ray cost 300 bucks on Amazon. So I fell in love with uh, Dawn of the Dead and there was a name on it. It said Dario Argento. And I looked up Dario Argento. The man was considered the king of Italian horror cinema. So I started watching his films. Then I moved on to Lucio Fulci films where they were a little bit more uh, visceral. Argento was more cerebral while Fulci was more visceral. Uh, His films such as Zombie, City of the Living Dead. So I really started loving Italian horror films. Then I remember I was at uh, Kevin Smith's store in Red Bank, New Jersey, uh, The Secret Stash. And there was a book there. Um, I, if I recall the name of the book, I think it was called Eaten Alive. But it was about uh, the Italian horror movie uh, industry. And they talked about all the films in there. And, and one of the films that stood out was Cannibal Holocaust, where it talked about actual animal killings in it. And I'm like, well, wait, what? Mm. You know, and I was just like, wow, I hope I never see this film because I'm an animal lover and I, I didn't want to see it. So uh, fast forward uh, eight years later, we ended up getting Chromecast and we had this, uh, we had Showbox where you could stream movies. Oh, yes, I remember that. Okay, well, I'll leave it at that because I'm not getting incarcerated <laughs> for anybody. Um and uh, one of the films that was on it was Cannibal Holocaust. And I was like, do I dare? I'm like, okay, I'll just watch it once because I'm intrigued to see what this is all about. So my wife's out of the house. I'm with my puppy. I get some Taco Bell. <laughs> I remember this like it was yesterday. And I'm eating and I'm watching the film. Half hour into the film, they kill the first animal. And I was like, I can't believe I just witnessed that. Mm. And like I, like I tell people, I'm not a hunter. I'm not a butcher. I don't work in an abattoir. I don't uh, do any of these things. Right. And, I'm see- and, and as I'm watching the film, I'm commenting on Facebook. And you can see it in my post <laughs> where like every animal killing, I'm commenting on it. I'm like, this is just, no, they killed a turtle. I remember the thing I wrote was Michelangelo. No, I think I remember you. I think I remember that. <laughs> so I sat through the whole film, and at the end, I think I was flushed whiter than I am, mm. and it fucked me up. It really did. And um, I said, you know what? I can never watch this film again. And I never talked about it. I never spoke about it. Never did anything. It was like my dirty secret that I watched Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Till I get my Shutter subscription back because Joe Bob Briggs is back. Mm. And I'm a huge Joe Bob Briggs fan. And then last Friday, they did Dead Alive, the first movie. But then the day, it's normally they announced the first movie the day before. Instead, they announced the second movie the day before. And it was Cannibal Holocaust. So then all of a sudden, it's like PTSD set in. Right. And like, I felt like I had to talk about it. It's like my dirty little secret. I need to, I need to confess. I need to confess. And uh, I did. I did watch it again. You did? Oh, my I God. I did. But I fast forward. I fast forwarded through the animal parts. Thank God for the fast forward button on the Roku. Anyway. Um, and I, I, And again, the blood doesn't bother me. The gore doesn't bother me. The um, 
you know, uh, the, the, the social, if you want to call it social commentary, that didn't bother me. It was just the animal killings. And you know what? The, the idea knowing that it was coming back bothered me I, I, again as, as, as much as it did the first time I watched it. Really? So, you know. You knew it was coming. Yeah. And the truth be told, the only way I could watch this film is if I just bought the damn Blu-ray and just watched the cruelty-free version. And I don't, I, and I don't think that would make me any less a, a wimp than I am. So, yeah. But yeah, so it was it was intrigue that made me want to watch it in the first I, place. I would have never if if I knew that you know real animals got killed. It's yeah, I can't watch that. We watched yeah, well, um, the the latest uh, remake of Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw the original one, and I watched the whole thing. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it's now because I, I have animals now. You know, I have a cat, and, and one of my cats died last year. And uh, sorry to hear had, that. It's all right. Uh, when we watch Pet Cemetery, of course, there's a cat in that movie. Yeah, and, church, uh, right? Yeah, and even the part where the uh, the kid gets hit by a car. Spoiler alert. Yeah, as a father, that that bothers a, you too. Right, now I'm a father, and you're a father, so that bothers me too. So I, I had to walk away. I, I couldn't not. I didn't want to see. I knew what was happening, and I had to walk away from the TV. Right. So oh, I couldn't even imagine watching a cannibal Holocaust movie when actual animals died. I just couldn't have done it. Well, like I said, uh, I didn't realize how bad it was going to be until I watched it the first time around. And then when I watched it the first time around, I'm like, they're on that turtle scene for four minutes. Oh, my God. Just hacking away, hacking away. And I'm like, this, this, why am I watching this? And again, it was, it was due to some kind of, intrigue and i said oh and then i said thank god there there aren't any more like this Mm. i was wrong because there are other films in the cannibal genre where they do that there's less cannibal world which is also known as jungle holocaust and there's cannibal ferox which was released in the states as make them die slowly Mm. all have animal killings and the reason why ruggiero deodato said that they, they featured the animal killings was because Asian audiences wanted to see real animal killings. I don't know how much I believe that, but if you watch their hentai and their, uh, and, and, and their AV idols, I think you're bound to believe it, but whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't want to make a general statement on an entire continent, but whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Love anime, but I can't, I, can't, I can't get with the hentai. But anyways, mm. so uh, that, that's all I'm going to say. And guess what? My opinion still stands. It's a good film, but for the love of God, just watch the animal cruelty-free version, please. <laughs> What's funny is, though, all right, we, we have a problem with the animals dying, but go ahead and kill all the people. You know, eat people. That's okay. Well, what did, you, what did you think when I when I mentioned that the director was brought in uh, before a grand jury because they thought he actually killed the actors? Well, yeah, I, I, the way you described he killed the animals, I, I wasn't sure. Maybe they did die. Well, ah, yeah, well. But I, he, I, I don't think he would be able to get away with that, obviously. So, you know, I had a feeling that, you know, there's always some trickery involved with that. But he could have did anything else with the animals, you know? Look at Star Wars. Star Wars was before that movie came out and look at all the animation that they had with it, you know? True. Could have had somebody make up a fake turtle. Hey, you know what? Uh, not for nothing, but Hollywood is 
just as guilty of 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 uh doing some screwed up things to animals you know like one of my favorite john wayne films the stagecoach i didn't know they actually used real tripwire to trip the horses in I didn't that film. until I heard your show last week. So yeah, yeah. and it. the adventures of Milo and Otis. Seventeen cats, seventeen cats were used for one role. And the most disturbing thing about it is when they they, they threw they threw a cat off a cliff. <sighs> and mind you, I never watched the film. I watched a YouTube review of it, mm-hmm. and they actually showed that. And they showed the clip of the little pug fighting a bear. Who the fuck does that in their right mind? <laughs> the one. Oh, it was a Japanese film, by the way. <laughs> it was a Japanese film that they read Dudley Moore, of all people. He must have been drunk like off Arthur to have freaking agreed to have done it. But whatever. Unbelievable. Dudley hey, Moore. Taking this to, to wrestling, not to get off your, the uh, Hannibal. No, no, no. We can talk about wrestling right now. But I, I, I'm, I'm done defending my uh, viewing of Hannibal Kalahost. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, that should be your new shirt, Hannibal Kalahost. That should be the life. Uh, music is life at Lou Maz, and on the back it says Hannibal Kalahost. There you go. And people uh, will be like, "What's a Kalahost?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, bring up the animal cruelty thing uh, in a wrestling story. Um, I heard uh, what's his name, Kevin Sullivan. He had a monkey he used to bring down to the ring with him, mm-hmm. like way back in the day, and he ended up strangling the monkey and he killed him going down to the ring and he didn't know the whole time he was just dragging him and the monkey was dead and he didn't realize it oh my god yeah who told you that eric adams or uh no, kevin you... sullivan he was on an interview uh yeah i don't think kevin really meant to kill the monkey we no, all know that that no, was he, a uh yeah he felt terrible i i mean i heard of some stories like jake the snake roberts actually having like no empathy when it came to his snakes. Like you just throw them in the trunk and the car and the snake would die from lack of oxygen in the bag. And uh, you know what, what they used to do to poor Matilda. And I'm like, I got so disgusted when I heard about that. Who's Matilda? Matilda was the bulldog that would come with Davy Boy oh, Smith yes, and yep. Dynamite Kid. And they would give the dog x lax and they would think it was funny because they just poop oh, everywhere. Shit all over the ring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, Fuck you, WWF, and, and <laughs> things I would I would never even think to do. You know, I, I I mean like okay, a rib I can get. You know, Owen Hart, God rest his soul, was the king of ribs. He never hurt an animal. Yeah, no, exactly. It's I don't know. But anyways, on to our uh, discussion of Dark Side of the Ring. So um, you mentioned to me that the only episode that you saw was the Owen Hart one. So we'll discuss that. But again, let me just go through a recap of uh the uh, the season this shouldn't take too long what was your but, favorite one so far of dark side of the ring oh new jack definitely really i gotta watch that one uh, I, was on, yeah, I was on a bus with him by the way really i went to the ecw arena we used to do bus trips oh from the queens uh queens uh, and mall yep yep all right cool and it was him it was new jack um spike dudley mm-hmm. and not saturn um cronus okay the, uh eliminators very cool very cool yeah um, shit. Uh, New Jack pretty much talked the whole way. The whole <laughs> it was all about New Jack the whole ride. I think it had. I think <laughs> I think it was the cocaine, but uh, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I liked it enough that I actually purchased the, the Kindle edition of his book and read it in like a week. It was a really good read. Um, I did not watch the Chris Benoit one. I will. I will not bring myself to watch it. And everyone's telling me that I should. I don't care. Mm. Um, uh, what else was good? 
the Dr. D one where he talks about slapping John Stossel and uh, oh, yeah. wish he slapped them harder. Um, <laughs> uh, the Road Warriors, of course, my favorite tag team of all time. And again, I emphasize, I had no idea Hawk did work for the Yakuza. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. No he, yeah, like he, he would bring home like extra hundred uh, wads of hundred dollar bills because, you know, he cut their fingers off and stuff. Oh. I'm like, wow, that he truly deserves the title of the hitman. Anyway, yeah. um, and uh, what else is there? The brawl for all that made me just hate Vince Russo. <laughs> mm. I don't care. No, it's, not, it's not his fault. You can <laughs> It was his idea. It was, but it was J, uh, JBL's. Uh, I, we got it from JBL being such a dick, and he wanted to prove him wrong. Well, we know JBL was a dick because look what he did to Blue Meanie at One Night Stand. Yeah. Right. Which apparently they kissed and made up, but. Right. Um, by the way, Blue Media has his own podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. But he's not on Rod Style Review, so we won't promote it. Anyway. <laughs> no. Um, what else was there? I can't think of... I'm, I think I'm missing one. Yeah, but... I don't know. Like I said... I oh, know. yes, yes, yes. The uh, UWF, uh, the Herb Abrams. No, uh, no idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no one... <laughs> Uh, this is the guy who said he wanted to change the face of professional wrestling as we know it. So every match ended either in a double count out or a disqualification. <laughs> Pretty bad. And, and, he, and he died of a drug overdose in 96 after being caught naked in Vaseline by the cops at, uh, in New York City. I'm, I, I kid you not. Really? The man was, it was Vaseline and butter, I think he was uh, found um, <laughs> draped in. <laughs> Are there any normal people in this business? I swear to God. Not in wrestling, no. Eric Adams is the only one. We like Eric Adams. Eric Adams <laughs> is a good man. Because I think he went far away from it. Hey, Eric, just stick with the Rock and Roll Express and you'll be good, okay? <laughs> but uh, on to the subject of uh, uh, today's episode, which is uh, the death of Owen Hart, the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Um, Wayne, uh, I'll, I'll let you start. Uh, let me ask this though: um, How big of an Owen Hart fan were you? The biggest Owen Hart fan, and I became an Owen Hart fan uh, right before WrestleMania when him and Bret Hart went against each other. Remember when they had that whole feud, which started at Survivor Series '93 mm-hmm. and I'm culminated at WrestleMania '94. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole thing, just like, what, I th- what, yeah, it was that Survivor Series when they all teamed up with all the uh, Hart brothers teamed up against with uh, Jerry, uh, against Jerry Lawler and his right. team of uh, Knights. Uh, yeah, which was a freaking joke. <laughs> it was supposed to be like all these cool people and then it just became like all these nobodies or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, it was terrible. But um, it was just cool to see how it broke down because it was pretty real life to me because you know me and my brother we get along but you know but you always fight with your brother so you can relate to that storyline you know yeah and i just it was i just thought it was so cool how they were going back and forth and everything and that that match that that they had at the wrestlemania 10 was is like one of my favorite matches ever mm-hmm. you know um and i just like how it ended and even at the end of wrestlemania 10 when bret hart uh, won that match or whatever, and then Owen just like didn't want to have any part of that whole thing. That was pretty cool. That whole yeah, you were convinced he was pissed. Yeah, that whole time you just you know you knew that they just did not like each other. Yeah, I saw the uh, uh, the rematch at SummerSlam mm-hmm. uh, in the steel cage when Brett won that one. 
Yeah. And uh, that was a cool one. I was so shocked when Davy Boy, because again, this is before I knew about what they used to do to Matilda, so I was a fan. <laughs> and uh, when he turned heel, that was uh, yeah. that was like, wow, Davy Boy, I would have never thought, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I liked you better in WCW with the braids teaming with Sting. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was just such cool. Uh, it was just really cool to me, you know, just the wrestling. And then Own Heart just turned into this bad guy, and he was just almost be- uh, better than Brett in a way, you know, because he did all the flips and all the uh, the cool moves. But he, he pretty much tamed all that down as he became a heel, you know, mm-hmm. which was you know it was cool, you know. I just uh, there was just something about Own Heart. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine at work. Uh, he just started watching the Attitude Era, and. Um, <clears throat> Owen Hart's on there, obviously, and but he's like mm-hmm. team with Jeff Jarrett and stuff like that. And he's like, Owen Hart's like terrible. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Like, what you're seeing there is, I mean, that's Owen Hart, but if you go back a few years, you're going to see like better stuff that Owen Hart used to do, you know? Well, you put anyone with Jeff Jarrett, it's terrible. Right, pretty much. <laughs> Hello, TNA, remember that? <laughs> I used to like Jeff Jarrett though, when he first got there to WWF. I never liked, I was never a Double J fan. And, you know, all the respect to his father, Jerry Jarrett, who was responsible for, like, the Memphis wrestling and all that, you know. I mean, he definitely gave us some great matches and great booking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jeff, I, I would compare to a more successful equivalent of Eric Watts, Cowboy Bill Watts' son, who uh, tried to... Uh, you know, when Bill Watts was was running WCW, he was trying to push his son, but his son couldn't get over at all because right. it's just like, you know, that's what happens when you force, uh, you know, wrestlers in front of people's faces going, yeah, this is the guy you're supposed to like, yeah, you exactly. know? Roman Reigns. Uh, John Cena. <laughs> hey, he actually, he actually did do something, though. And he became a movie star. Roman Reigns did absolutely nothing. To, to, to John <laughs> Cena's credit, though, uh, I give him uh, all respect because of all the make-a-wish wishes that he right. did. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that just means he's a good guy. But uh, I'm just not a fan of him. I'm not oh, saying he's a, he's a jerk. I'm just saying not a fan. But um, Owen, though, for me, like, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I think it was uh, eight years old when I first saw him as the Blue Blazer. Oh. And, and, and I liked that. And I liked seeing him with Coco Beware. And I liked seeing him with Jim <laughs> Neidhart as the new foundation. I, I was an Owen fan. So when he turned heel, I was just like, no, no. You know, because <laughs> you're, you're a kid. You don't realize that what you're watching is, a, you know, right. uh, predetermined, you yeah, know. Yeah. It was a kid's soap opera, exactly what it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, the more his uh, character was developing up until that period with Jeff Jarrett, I was really enjoying seeing Owen as a heel. Like when he came, when he, when he was from, from when he was the black heart to the king of hearts. I don't know if I got that twisted, but you know, and then the team Canada thing, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that. And I thought it spoke a lot about his character to stay with Vince and just try to put himself in the company in a positive light. Right. And, um, you know, the reason why I, I guess you could say I have some kind of vitriol towards um, Vince Russo is because it was his idea to put the blue blazer gimmick thing back on him. Now, mind you, I said it before that I listened to Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette was always getting yelled at by Kevin Dunn 
because Kevin Gunn would tell him, why did you bring that up during commentary? Nobody remembers X from 10 or 15 years ago. Like the Freebirds. When Michael Hayes came out with um, Edge and Christian. Right. And, or was it the Hardys or whatever it was. But, you know, uh, Jim Cornette made a statement, not since the fabulous Freebirds have uh, a team of three made such an impact. Kevin Dunn yelled at him. Nobody's going to remember that from 10, 15 years ago. But meanwhile, I thought Owen worked so hard to go against the whole Blue Blazer thing that Vince Russo was like, oh, come on. People are going to remember it from 10 years ago. They think it's funny. And it's like, you know, comedy and wrestling is good when it's done in small doses. But when you make wrestling a comedy, it takes away the, the fight feel right. of it. It takes away the realism. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that they tested, okay, so like, so as a musician, I always make it a point to test the equipment out. I will test it out myself before we go on stage and start playing. And I demand that we do a song for sound check. And I don't care if people are trying to eat. I don't care if people are trying to have conversations or they're trying to pick up their, 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 their girlfriend of the night. Okay, I I don't want to go on stage sounding like shit, so I will make sure that we test it out before we start our gig. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they, you know, they they said, oh, it'll work, it'll work, and you know, Martha showed the uh, yeah, the, the hook, yeah. and I was like, how is that going to hold up somebody that what was Owen two forty, I think, yeah, something like that, yeah. How is that going to, uh, you know? hold him in suspension on a rope as he's coming down. Right. I mean, you got to think of, okay, not that I'm expecting anybody to know about science or physics, but, you know, something of a heavy weight from a high plateau, when it falls, it's not going to fall like a feather, which, you know, I'm doing the hand motion, nobody can see this, <laughs> but like a feather when it just goes, you know, whoosh in, in, in the air. No, 240 pounds is going to come down crashing. Exactly, like a, a bag of bricks. Second, so, whatever you, call it. you know, the fact that nobody tested it, uh, I mean, WWE was completely negligent. Well, I think, didn't somebody want to test it? And then Owen said, no, don't worry about it or something? Um, I think that was well, mentioned in the show. I'm trying to recall. Well, it should have been tested. Or, or, sure I, I, I think Owen said, you know, don't worry about it or something. I, I, somebody said, you know, it doesn't, you know, don't worry about it. Well, then whoever said that should have been, uh, oh, man. It's not like we can watch the episode right now to find out. <laughs> but um, regardless. Um, it's, but something, some kind of stunt like that should always be tested. Oh, agreed. You know, you know that, that's especially from that height on that you know, contraption with the little uh, little hook there. I mean, common sense, you know. I mean, Sting had been doing it for about a year and a half prior to that. Right. And you never and heard him have an issue. Never, never once. And it was the same company, right? Or no? I think McMahon went a little cheaper for that night. I don't know. No, I, yeah, it definitely did go cheaper. But I thought it was the same guy, the same people that did Sting. But uh, yeah, I can't remember now. But um yeah, you know, they, they wanted to get rid of that harness thing that Sting wore. 
mm-hmm. you know, that the thing was hooked up to, and that's why they just went for that little hook because it didn't have. He just they just wanted like a quick release thing, and then I guess too with all the stuff that Owen was already wearing, they didn't want to have all the other gear on top of them. That would take them like forever to try to pull that off and and you know get out into the ring, you know, quick, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why they did that stupid little release thing. Did you watch the pay-per-view the night that it happened? I was watching it live, yes. Oh, God. What was that experience like? I was with my friends, uh, two other friends of mine. Um, we were in in his parents' house, and we were just, you know, all watching that. What pay-per-view was that? Um, uh, Over the Edge 99. Over the Edge. In St. Louis, Missouri. Terrible name. I, I know. It was... <laughs> What the, you know, the coincidence. I'm not laughing because, you know, what happened. But No, 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 I, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we were just sitting there watching it, and then when that match, we were getting ready for that match, and we, we, we were all laughing at the, um, the little promo that he did before, you know, t- you know, take your vitamins and drink your milk, and that, you know, that was funny, you know. And then all of a sudden, when he's, you know, they got the music, and then he's supposed to be coming down, and all of a sudden, just everything stopped, you know. And me and my friends were just sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, what's going on, you know? And then it was just silence forever. And then they cut to, you know, whatever, other like little commercials or whatever. And then came back and then said, you know, he passed away. We were just all just sitting there like, what the hell just happened? You know? How does someone uh, like Jim Ross find the words and the courage to uh, tell people what happened without it? Because... From what I gather, Jim Ross was uh, very close with the Hart family. Mm. So to have him be the one to do it, it's like I give I give him all the credit in the world yeah. for maintaining his composure. And I wish I could have given the guy a big hug after that happened. You know, yeah. um, I have a lot of love for Jr. Like he was even saying on the show, like he was in shock. Like what else is he gonna say? Like he just blurted it out. You know, because how was he gonna kind of sugarcoat that? You know, like you know. They don't know what's what happened or whatever. So he yeah. Just said, so, you know, what are you, you going to do in that, that moment of time? You can't think. You're, you're you see your your friend in, in the ring, you know, and and he's dead. What are you going to? You you got so many things going through your head at that time. It's just you can't think. You know. No, no, not at all. And um, oh, and then, and then to find out because I I really didn't notice because I didn't notice it while we were watching the pay per view. But Owen's blood was still on the ring throughout the rest of the show. That and I think. Part of the wood under the canvas right. was damaged. Yep. So not only are you are, did, did one of your star performers just die in the ring, but now you're risking somebody else right. from, from, from catching some kind of blood disease if they decide to blade or if they had tripped yep. in the wood. And, you know, I guess I didn't realize it then, but I objectively speaking, I realize it now. That's some carny bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would have refunded everyone their money. Uh, I, I mean, that's an HR nightmare. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, not an HR, PR. That's a PR nightmare. And I think that if you wanted to be in, um, I think in Vince McMahon, he probably would have, he, he could have handled it better if he had just stopped the show right there, just refunded the money, because it's not like he couldn't afford it. Right. And just had a press conference the next day because the guy immediately did a press conference after the incident happened. Mm. And you saw the clip right. from the interview when, when, where he's going against the, um, the reporter. Mm-hmm. YouTube has a longer clip of that. Right. And yeah, because they kind of like broke it up a little too. Uh, 
they they forgot the first half. Yeah, he was telling the lady like she didn't like her tone, or you know, vice versa, whatever. Either both of them didn't like each other's tone or whatever they were talking to each other. And well, she uh, asked him. She asked him a question, and he responded, "Well, if you're someone who tests these kind of things, I would suggest that maybe you should try it, or if you know someone who does, get them. But if you have no knowledge or experience of it, best." you know, not say anything. Yeah. You know, he, he, she asked a legitimate question, right. which is something that a lot of reporters nowadays don't do. Yes. I'm sorry. I had to throw that out. Um, and he responded very snarky mm. and fast forward three years later, he does an interview with, I think Bob Costas and he was a dick to Costas too. Really? So, you know, New Jack said it best one time in an interview. He said, you know, this man has blood in his hands because he doesn't promote wrestlers. He promotes Chippendale dancers to freaking, you know, do, you know, fill their bodies with steroids and do a whole bunch of shit that gets them in situations like this. And they don't have the, the guts to say, no, I won't do that because they're afraid of losing their job. Right. And to Owen's credit, he was a company guy. I just wish that he had said no. I think if Owen Hart was still alive today, he'd be bigger than Brett. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. Even though he wanted out, you know, he didn't want to be there too much longer. um, (laughs) No, but like a lot of other wrestlers who want to help the business out and want to help out the younger talent, I don't think it would have been far uh, fetched for Owens. It may have wanted to come back and help wrestlers like Terry Funk did, albeit without the whole hardcore thing. Right. Can't still can't believe that barbed wire match you did with Sabu. It was amazing, but oh my god! <laughs> but regardless, um, you know, I think it was probably for me the saddest loss. Yes, in uh, in pro wrestling while they were still in the business. Right. I mean, Brian Pillman, yes, up uh, right before then. But oh yeah, yep, that one too. Yeah, but I think this one the most because. It happened on TV. You know, everybody saw it happen. You know? Yeah. And it happened to, you know, after you, after all this happened and you hear all the people talking about him and how he was, he was a really nice guy. You know? Yeah. Um, I remember reading Mick Foley's second book, uh, the one after Have a Nice Day. And, oh yeah, Foley is Good, I think it is. I think that was the name of the second book. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And he goes into his friendship with Owen uh, big time. Mm. And you could tell that there was genuine love in, uh, for him in, in all those pages that he wrote out. And uh, on YouTube, uh, Viceland actually put some of the outtakes where they talked about uh, the ribs that he would do to people. Mm. Like the one that he did to D'Lo Brown where D'Lo was nervous about wrestling a match. Mm. And as Owen had him in holds, he would untie his shoelaces <laughs> and he'd even untie the referee's shoelace. But the reason why he did that was to get D'Lo to calm down. Right. Now we're watching it. We don't realize he has his shoes, uh, his shoe, his, his bootlaces untied. Right. But I guess that's the kind of guy Owen Hart was. He knew the ring. He knew how to work and he knew how to make his opponents comfortable. Right. Until, and they don't mention this, in in the uh by in, in in the documentary but not that it would have had any relevance to the situation but owen hart 
was the guy that Spike Powell drove Stone Cold Steve Austin right. at SummerSlam 97, which is how Austin broke his neck yeah. because he didn't do the Powell driver correctly. Yeah. You know, he, he told um, Owen, you got to go on your knees. He says, no, I'm going to fall on my ass. Steve was like, no, on your knees. And he's like, no, on my ass. So he thought Owen was ribbing him. Well, he didn't. He didn't rib him. He broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember and, that one too. And Austin has been on the record and said that Owen never spoke to him about it since the incident happened, and he wished that he did. And JR mentioned Owen felt so horrible about that he did not know how to approach Stone Cold Steve Austin mm. when that happened. And yeah. uh, I thought that was really sad. Yeah, it, that that is because you know now he's gone. So now they you know something that could never be resolved. You know, which is a shame. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that happening. That that was that was another one that was hard to see, but at least he didn't die, you know. Yeah, because um, a lot and, of people became paralyzed from that that move, you know, which is why they stopped doing it. Well, I think I, the only person who think, did it was Undertaker. No, that pile driver. Everybody did a pile driver. Well, no, we, we, you're talking about they stopped doing pile drivers. Yeah, after that Austin and Owen Hart thing, yeah, they stopped it. Yeah, but didn't uh, isn't Taker's uh, finishing move the tombstone? Tombstone. He they had him stop doing it too for a while, and he was just doing the choke slam. Oh, that's right. Then it became like the battle of the choke slams between him and uh, uh, Kane. Yeah. Kane, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and I, Undertaker eventually you know started using it again, but well, yeah, well, Taker just. He knows how to do it. That's his move. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, you know, Taker proved himself to be definitely a, uh, they, they call him a locker room general and for right reason. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, you could laugh all you want at the gimmick. He makes it work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's, Undertaker's the man. Have you yeah. watched any of that uh, documentary yet? Oh, you don't have the network. So. I don't have the network now. I, uh, I I gave up on it after uh, right before Anna was born. I had to, um, you know, uh, cut some costs so I could save money, and it was a uh, <laughs> it was a pretty tumultuous time. But I was able to get her room painted. But I was just like, yeah, I don't. Miss. I mean, I miss watching ECW pay per views on the network, right, but right. I'm I'm okay. I have Shutter now. Oh, okay. With oh. Hannibal Kalahos. Anyway. I, I have other means of getting a network. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that was... Um, oof. The thing that drives me nuts, though, was, you know, Martha was... Martha's is what, a widow's name, right? Martha, mm-hmm. right. I thought she was in the right to sue. Right. Um, the fact that they decided to move the court case to Connecticut where they said it was a, an unbiased jury. I said, yeah, what are you cool. talking about? Your, your offices are based in Connecticut. Your right. law offices are based in Connecticut. How is that unbiased? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been really held either where the incident happened or where Martha, you know, in Canada, really. I don't think it would have worked in Canada. No. Probably, probably not. Canada, different, so guess, well, yeah. yeah, a different country and yeah. probably more than likely a different judicial system. Mm. So, where did it originally? St. Louis, Missouri. 
Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so it should have just stayed there. Yeah, but I think you know, it would have it would have turned out differently, you know. Probably would have. And uh I think it's great that Martha has made a scholarship in uh Owen's name. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel for their kids that had to grow up without him. Um yeah, that, that's terrible. Watch, you know, seeing how the kids, you know, how he was so um, involved with all the, all the things that his kids did, you know, even though he was on the road so much, he's, he still had time for his kids, you know? Yeah. And I was going to say though, the, um, and I don't falter for not wanting WWE to have anything to do to capitalize, uh, on his name. Yeah. And, uh, I give credit to Vince in respecting that. Though I'm sure if he had it his way, he would exploit it any chance that he got. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, look, look memorial shirts every year. You know, I mean, look what he did with the Warrior. You know, the You know, the what was it? The not the Rise and Fall of the Ultimate Warrior. I forgot the name of it, um, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that was the DVD that they released, and it completely pissed on his name. Mm-hmm. And then right before he died, oh, it's the, like the, oh, self destruction of Ultimate Warrior. Right. And then, and then like right before he died, it was like, Oh, warrior is one of our greatest superstars. Yeah. And it's like, you sack of shit, (laughs) you know? Yeah. We all know that's not true. About what? About warrior not being one of their greatest superstars? Yeah, of course. I beg to differ. No, he wasn't. Well, he don't, I'm sure Vince doesn't feel that way. That's what I mean. No, but the fans were all about him. The fans were about him back then, but nowadays, no. With all all the podcasts and stuff that talk about him and and say how bad of a, a wrestler that he actually was, no, he's he's you know, he was more of a character, you know, like Hogan, you know. Although Hogan can wrestle, Hogan puts on wrestling <laughs> matches in Japan, and that's it. He puts on exhibitions in the states. Yeah. You know, a lot of posturing and uh, hulking up, as uh, they call it, and the you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, I don't think his reputation has been saved much. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, but, yeah, I, going back to the Owen Hart thing, I mean, it's just the, one of the saddest things ever, you know? But yeah. It's just a shame. He would still be, like you mentioned before, he would still maybe be around today helping the other wrestlers and you know, maybe he would be on one of the shows or something. Who knows? I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. Um, even though I detest the man for his final actions, I thought when WCW did a tribute match to mm-hmm. Owen between Brett and uh, Chris Benoit, yep. that was a great match. That, that and was, I thought that was very classy. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably one of the best WCW matches in a very long time. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was very excited to watch that match. That was, that was a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you really got to watch that, that uh, Chris Benoit one too. I haven't watched it either. I mean, I don't, it's, I mean, it's sad what happened and I can understand. I mean, this own hard one was sad too. And, and I didn't know what to really expect. And, uh, but it wasn't that bad, you know? Yeah. I, I, ha- I have to get myself in the mindset to watch it. It's like, I mean, that would be equivalent to me watching, like, a true crime show. Because yeah. that was a true heinous crime. Yeah. So maybe I could get my wife to watch it then, too. 
<laughs> I'm tired of watching her British rom-coms. Mm. Well, mm. We should watch that and not uh, 90 Day Fiance. Can't believe I said that. What's with the guy with the no <laughs> neck? If someone please explain <laughs> that to me. <laughs> oh my God, it's a, it's a birth defect. What birth defect? What 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 is that? I don't know. It's it's looking up. It there's a name to it. No neck. <laughs> no neck. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I did look that up though, but it is a it's some birth defect thing. He has a daughter, and his daughter is fine, and his his mother's fine. So it's so skips a generation. Then okay, yeah. great. He's oh, the poor grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I couldn't imagine living like like you know. Dear Lord, but um, yeah. So. Um, final thoughts on Owen Hart. Um, oh, uh, one thing we didn't mention is the, the, the Slammy Award, uh, the ceremony thing, not the ceremony, but the, um, what do you call it? The speech that he gave. Do you remember? Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I don't remember, I, I don't remember the speech word from word, but it was just, I just remember it being hilarious. And then when he got those awards, cause the Slammys were like for bad wrestlers, you know? Right. And he made it just like, it was like the greatest thing ever. You know, right. like he he got the awards and he just like every every match after that that he came down to the ring, he was always holding those awards and he was so right. Happy it, about it. it was another way to generate heat for the heels, which yeah. you know, again, um, if you think about it from a purely entertainment standpoint and to draw business, it's a great idea. Yeah. But again, this is where I draw the line between good booking like that and bad booking, i.e. Vince Russo. Oh god. <laughs> oh, and that was another thing I wanted to mention too. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I do, on me because I no, 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 no. Because I do listen to Vince Russo, and he he he's been talking about this uh, Owen Hart show for a couple of weeks now. But um, he says he swears like he would have never let Owen go through with, um, you know, coming down from the ceiling if he didn't want to do it. And Owen not once ever said he didn't want to do it. Which again is a testament to Owen Owen's stance as a company guy and not wanting to hurt business and not wanting, you know, and he didn't want to say no until his contract was up. Mm. Cause, cause he said that was going to be his last run yeah. at WWE. Correct. Uh, I'm off the top of my head. I don't know. Well, I, there was, it was like kind of like he, from that show, it seemed like he's wanted to be out for a long time. Right. And if Vince Russo hears this, he's going to say, Oh, you're a mark, bro. You don't know what you're talking about, bro. You're a mark, bro. I made money. I saved uh, wrestling. I'm like, yeah, you douche. Anyway. I tried to get him on that show. You know, he don't have time. You can, <laughs> you, you can like him. I don't begrudge you for liking you him. Need, I you just, need to listen to him and listen to I tried. that he talks about. I tried to, like when I first started listening to him, he was getting on my nerves just because of his accent. You know, I mean, we're both from New York. So, I mean, but we don't have that thick accent like he does. No, and, uh, right. And we don't say bro every five minutes either. Yeah, I'm more of a dude guy. Right. I don't even do that. But uh, I can't help it. <laughs> but uh, I got used to it after a while. And then after listening to him, he really, like, a lot of people think that he lies about everything. But he pretty much tells everything, I, you know, as from the way I get it, it it's, it's how it is. Like, you listen to, um, uh, uh, oh, crap, uh, Jim Cornette. And everything you can almost tell is just a story to get people to listen to him to talk. I mean, Russo's the same way, but I hear more sincerity in Russo's voice than I do in Jim Cornette's voice. 
I like listening to Jim Cornette's podcast because I think he it's fun to hear him pissed off. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a um I don't agree with the man's political what the heck? What? Oh, my wife got sorry about that. I'm doing this on our brand new Mac Air, MacBook Air, and it's connected to my wife's phone, and that's the babysitter for tomorrow. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was hoping I was in the uh, Corolla Studios. No, this is uh, Corolla <laughs> Den. I think I don't know Corolla Dendrum. I don't know my den of iniquity. Anyway, um, what was I getting at? Oh yeah, so I, I don't agree with anything Jim Cornette feels either politically or right, even theologically. But when it comes to wrestling and hearing, you know, his history behind it. And just hearing him rip into people, I just find very entertaining. Oh, it's hilarious. But, you know, even Cornette will get caught in the middle of something, and he'll backpedal. And then the next episode, he'll go right back into it. So, right. you know, it's kind of official that Cornette, he says it himself. He's in the business. He's in the Jim Cornette business. Yeah. So I wouldn't think he would talk half the shit about Vince Russo if he didn't get his subscriptions. Right. Because honestly, how can you hate someone that much? Well, I could see. <laughs> well, you got two totally different people. You got somebody from down south, and you got somebody from New York. Right there, then I get along. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, but but what's funny is they both have the same uh I guess it made it right where ideologies about wrestling and what it should be. It's just they just I, for some reason they just mesh on everything else. Yeah. That's a good point. But, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, I don't wish ill on Vince Russo. I just, I thought that there were many, I, I'm glad that he had Vince to filter him, mm. that he had McMahon to filter him. Because when he ran roughshod in WCW, it was just. Oh, it was a complete nightmare. I mean, I kind of see where he was going at the end. You could tell he was trying to really start it, um, trying to make it new and trying to make the new guys become the the thing you want to watch because the old guys are only gonna last so long you know right but trying to get the new guys to be the 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 show and mm -hmm. it just it just wasn't working i just feel like the mistake that he made there was along the lines of the same mistake that vince mcmahon made with wwe same thing as vince and dixie carter when they were in tna which is something i'm glad aew is not doing Mm -hmm. that the head of the company is not making himself the face of the promotion. Right. And I feel like once you do that, then it's like, okay, you're the face of the company. You're putting yourself on television. You will be hated, Uh even if you're trying to be a good guy. Uh And I give a lot of credit to Tony Khan for just saying, no, I'm funding it. I'm producing it. Let the wrestlers do what they got to do. Well, he did write it for a little while tony khan yeah true but 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 was was he did he make himself out to be like the focal point of the show no which is something not yet let's hope it will happen it will happen you think of course there's no way you you can't you can't you can't have a wrestling show and not want to be on it yourself you're you're gonna you're gonna want to do it it's gonna happen Cody, if you're listening, buy him out. Buy him out. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, how do you like AEW, by the way? I don't hate it. I uh, I do enjoy it. 
Um, again, you're talking to a guy who was a Bullet Club fan before it was cool. So it's great to see. And, and I don't hate Kenny Omega like Jim Cornette does. <laughs> I don't hate the Young Bucks. What does he call him? Um, Harpo Marx. Uh, yeah, uh, Ken, Kenny O something. Uh, I can't remember. God, I listen to it all the time. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so he calls him Harpo. Harpo Marx. <laughs> but uh, you know what, though? I love watching Kenny in New Japan. So I enjoy seeing him put over you know, younger talent in AEW. I'm glad that the, the Revive, sorry, FTR is there. And uh, hopefully they'll have a good career. It's really cool to see Andy Williams of Every Time I Die as a, as a wrestler with uh, Braxton Sutter. Well, I, re- I remember him as Pepper Parks. But, um, you know, and Jericho, I just wanted to stick with wrestling. And I enjoy him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Fozzie fan, but, no, you know. really? I like Fozzie. I, I like their first album. Well, first album was a cover album. That's why I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Judas is cool. The new album's cool. I like it. It's just too, it's very modern sounding. And he's, um, I guess I, I got to listen I to like, it again. I like the older stuff because it's more metal. The newer stuff is just way too modern sounding, but it's still. Yeah. Cool. It's we, hey, you know, we, they're, they're right where they got to ride to be able to put food on the table. So you know, I'm not going to hate on it. And then also now too, I think with the older albums, he actually wrote the songs, wrote the lyrics, and now he's having other people write them. Really? Yeah. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Maybe he realized he can't write. I don't know. It's possible. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> but uh, any uh, any other final thoughts on uh, the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring episode? If if nobody listening to this show has watched it, go watch it. You know, and then go check out some of the Owen Hart matches. Owen Hart was a was an awesome wrestler. You know, yes. one of the best. I haven't, I didn't watch any of the old, um, what Stampede, it was Stampede, the mm-hmm. Canadian wrestling. Mm-hmm. I never really watched much of that, but there's clips on, on I probably on the network of some of those, uh, um, of those matches on there. Yeah. But, uh, just, just the things that Owen Hart did, you know, with the flips and all this stuff. And he was just a really cool wrestler, you know, one of the yeah. best. Yeah. And it just from what people said about what a wonderful guy he was. You know, just uh, keep that in mind when you're watching these matches and just remember what could have been. Be glad for what it was. And, you know, just glad that we have those matches of his to watch. And uh, rest in peace, Owen Hart. While I'm at it, rest in peace, Mike Hegstrand, uh, Hawk of Road Warriors, and to Dr. Steve Williams. Anyways. So that's going to wrap up an episode of Music is Life with Lou Mavs. Wayne, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, is this Music is Life? I mean, should we change the name of the show? There's two episodes now, mm. not about music. Uh, it doesn't matter because <laughs> the show... Hey, listen, I said it in the disclaimer. I might talk about music. I might also talk about movies. I might talk about pro wrestling because all art is valid. That's right. And, and it's your show, so you can talk about whatever you please. Fucking a right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but uh, Wayne, thank you so much for uh, coming on and doing no the show problem. with me, man. I really appreciate it. No problem. I, I love talking about wrestling. So whenever cool. you want to do more wrestling things, please have me on. Definitely. Maybe we'll Wait talk. Wait a minute. I'm the boss, so you're going to fucking have me on. How about that? Yavol. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, anyway, so that's going to wrap up another episode of Music is Life. And thanks for listening. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes and on other platforms where available. And please also subscribe to Rat Salad Review on iTunes, YouTube, and anywhere and everywhere your fine podcasts are available. And buy a t-shirt. And please buy a t-shirt. You can go on the Facebook page or ratsaladreview.com. Mm-hmm. to go ahead and purchase yourself a t-shirt which reminds me Wayne I gotta buy one myself oh well we can work something out mmm quid pro quo Clarice <laughs> also we, uh, Red Sound Review is on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook there you go thanks for bringing that up please look at look, look us up on those platforms uh, actually Twitter is a little confusing it's rat underscore review it's rat underscore review? Yeah, the other is a rat sound review. Okay, very cool. I messed up when I made Twitter. I just didn't realize what I was doing. So it is what it is. All right. So uh, <laughs> thanks again, Wayne, for coming on the show again. No. Check out Rat Saw Review wherever you can find your fine podcasts and subscribe. Also check out some of my other friends' podcasts, uh, such as uh, Rob Vieira's Vieira, Vieira Vault, also available on Rat Saw Review. Beyond Bushido, available on Rat Style Review. Check out Yakuza Kick Radio with my buddy J. Cap Morris. Um, definitely available on iTunes. Also check out the Decibel Geek podcast with Aaron and Chris. And uh, oh yeah, check out Talking Maiden, which is probably my favorite Iron Maiden-based podcast that's out there. Not the only one, but my favorite. And as I told Wayne before that that's the podcast that brought Night Demon to my attention. And now Wayne knows I'm a Night Demon fan, so he'll probably have me on to discuss Night Demon one day. Mm-hmm. And I have to go through the rest of the discography. So, anyway. <laughs> I only have two albums, so you'll be all right. I think I only listened to the one. Anyway, so. <laughs> but uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And uh, please be safe out there. And remember, all art is valid. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Schmackamagob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, ex Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast, and the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatsoundReview.com or search Review on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 